Before we get started with today's show, on September 22nd, we're doing our first live taping of Out of Range here in Los Angeles. You should come. It's going to be a meetup afterwards. It's going to be the most fun diabetes event of ever. this century. Yeah. This century and last century. Our grandchildren will be talking about the event that Craig and I are about to put on. Yeah. So check out the show notes and see the link to find out more information about the show. And hopefully we can see you there. Welcome back to Out of Range, your show about real things diabetes every fortnight. <laughs> Everyone should know what that means, right? I wouldn't if I wasn't understanding how often we do this show. Yeah. I'm Craig. I'm Laura. Laura. Yeah? You saw your endocrinologist today. I saw my endo What today. a coincidence. That it happened to land on podcast day? That it happened to land on podcast what day. What if I scheduled all my diabetes appointments right before we meet? You should. Well, I kind of do because I schedule them on Wednesdays, my days. Well, off. How many other diabetes appointments do you have? I just did the whole eye thing. Two different eye doctors. Oh. That's it went lot. well. Good. You can see me? How many yeah. cameras am I holding up? A lot. Okay. Right. <laughs> so. It went very well. Did you ever get nervous seeing the endo? No, I was this time. Mm, no, 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 no. We've talked. I have an, I have some bad endo endo history. Yeah. Um, and now I finally love my endo so much. And this was only the second time I've seen him. And I was already like, I was talking about switching my plan. And I was like, wait, does that mean I'm going to lose you? And he's like, having a CGM is more important than me. And I'm like, but you're my favorite. And he looked at me, he goes, this is your second appointment. <laughs> and I was like, I know. Doesn't that tell you how much I hated the other guys? Yeah. He's very nice and he's very on time and he's very supportive. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, did they test your A1C? Yes. Do you get nervous? I think, you know what? When I used to get nervous before, it's when I was like constantly stressing about it. And then it was like my test grade as we've said it. Mm -hmm. But last time I went, I hadn't been to the endo in over a year. And so the last thing I was thinking about was like, what is my A1C going to be? Like it made me care less because I was just like, whatever (laughs) at this point. I'm like, it's been this long. And then when I went, it was so good for, in my opinion. And so this time I thought that it was going to go up a little higher just because now, like, I don't know. Maybe there was more pressure because I actually had a set appointment, but my appointment, these were six months apart. Wait, Why did you think it would go higher? Because I just like, I guess I continued not to really think about it too much, but now because like I had an appointment set where I was going to see the endo, then like, of course it's going to go higher and he was going to make me talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not anything I was doing, just like how the universe works. Okay. Uh-huh. And does that make you nervous? Like, are you scared what he's going to be like? Sit you down and say, Laura? No. I think if it wasn't what it was when I saw him and he was like, next time you come in, you need to get this down by this many points, then yeah, I would probably be nervous like yeah. that I didn't do that. But it was so low that I, I didn't think it was going to get to a point in six months where he was going to have to like tell me to start. You only see him every six months? He, well, oh God, I'm going to sound so pretentious. He was very impressed with the way I take care of myself and my lab results that he said he didn't see the need to see me in three months. So, yes, and now I, he didn't make another appointment for another six months after this. Nice. Do you get nervous? 
I know you no. want, I think you wanted me to say yes. I don't get nervous at all. I did want you to say yes. I know, I, I know, and I know that you did, but I really didn't at all. I was actually excited to go see him. I get super excited to see my endo. You have the best end, I know, you have the best endo. In- but I have also have a good relationship with my endo. Yeah, um, and now I do, so that's probably why I wasn't. Yeah, I'm I'm never nervous. I'm I'm more just curious. Yeah. More than anything. I'm just like because I don't feel like I go in with like a specific goal for my A1C. Like because on the one hand, because A1C is like a specific number, it can feel very much like a grade. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's such a vague measure of your yeah of your control that it really means nothing like in the grand scheme of things yeah like you know if you're on a c if you're lucky enough to be on a cgm seeing time and range or something like that is much more useful um seeing the percent of the time that you're low is much more useful so when i see my doctor you know sometimes she even forgets to tell me what it is but we'll look at it she'll just kind of say it but then we go back to looking at if there's any issues and right. usually that number can be a sign of if there is issues, you can say, oh, it's really, it's much lower than it was last time. Are you getting more lows? But. It is the thing that you go there to find out in my, or like that I do. Kind of. I mean, yeah. he, he went through, he took a list because I got my labs done two weeks ago and they sent him over and he like went through every single result. And I was just sitting there like not paying attention to anything he said until he got to, oh, by yeah. the way, and your A1C is this. So it's like your kidneys are failing, don't care. Yeah, no, well, he had all good things. You guys, I'm healthy so as a salty. horse right now. Yeah. No, he had all good things to say. And then he's like, oh, and by the way, this is your A1C. And then he said, by the way, don't get pregnant if it's going to go over 6.5. And I said, okay. And he goes, you know what? Actually, don't get pregnant unless it's under seven, if it goes over seven. Is oh, wow. It's a lot higher than I've heard. First he said 6.5, and I was like, okay, not going to get pregnant anytime soon. That was his only advice. Don't get pregnant. Don't have (laughs) sex because you'll get pregnant and die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think that in between appointments, are there things that you try and do? Like when you go in, you're like, okay, I want to get this down. Or I want this to be better. Do you ever at this point in my care and what my results have been? No. What do you think you do? Do you do anything in particular? I just try to stay. (laughs) I was gonna say in range. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I no, that's it. I just try to stay in range. Yeah. I don't have a plan or a system really. I mean, this actually, I thought a lot about. I know you guys didn't hear. I know most of you didn't hear the Patreon episode last week. It was really good. It was so fucking good. But if you want to hear <laughs> it. It even worked on me. Like I was part of the conversation. Then I drove home. I was like, that was so, that gave, that just gave me this whole new, can I just give a little? You can give a teaser. I guess what I wanted to say is the way that, okay, let me try to explain this. It's very easy for me. And I'm sure a lot of you to really that's it for the teaser if you want to hear the rest of the story <laughs> no let go me to patreon.com forward slash beta cell oh my God, Craig. where you can listen to that episode as well as every episode of after dark plus bonus clips craig let me just say a little bit okay it's really easy for me to be like 280 and then my head goes how did you get here what did you do wrong 
you fucked up, blah, blah. Just make like a big deal out of nothing, like out of this number. Like Mm -hmm. I get so mad and then I get a correction and I'm feeling shitty about myself. And then if I'm low, I'm like, I'm going to die. Oh my God. Like it's just, it's very easy, especially for me, as you've known, I can be a bit dramatic, just a tad, just a tad. Um, But it's easy for me to make something out of nothing when it comes to my numbers. When James mentioned the way that he manages his numbers is like, oh, he's, he sees himself going a little high, so he gets a little bit of insulin. He sees himself going a little low. He gets a little bit, and he just, like, steadily stays in his graph, or tries to at least. And I'm like, that's all you need to be doing. You see yourself going up a little bit. You do what you're supposed to do and get a little bit of insulin. And I guess it comes down to, like, not overcorrecting and overtreating, which isn't always easy. But I was thinking about that when I wasn't nervous to hear about my A1C because I'm just like, I do everything that I should. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's very easy to feel like you're doing something wrong, right? You I go in. No, I don't do anything wrong. Not you, but I'm I mean people in general. I'm just kidding, by the way. <laughs> she does a lot wrong. I'm just in kidding. the next episode of Out of Range, <laughs> After everything Craig. Laura does wrong. Jesus. Um, yeah, be a multi-part episode. Stop. Craig. Um, so, where was I? It's very easy to... Oh, yeah, to feel overwhelmed by, like, all these things you have to do. And it's like, okay, I need to get this down, so I need to do this, and I need to do that, and I need to do this. And you can get so wrapped up up in, in like, all the things you have to do when I feel like it's... Really simple. it It is simple, and it sounds very, like... I don't know. Belittling? Sorry, I'm not trying to finish kind all of. of your sentences. I just feel like I know where you're at. Yeah, like it does. Like to say, oh. Like it's like, you, hey guys, stop freaking out. It's so easy. Yeah, but I think that it's like you were saying with James, uh, when James was talking about his management, it's this mindset of like, we're doing lots of little things. And if you just do the little things and try to do the little thing, the little things, as many little things right as you can, that will equal... Good. And that like you will won't equal get everything less right big, all the time. The more little good things you do, the less big bad things will happen. Yeah. So if you're doing a little bit of insulin when you're going up, you're going to be 220. You know what I mean? Like maybe you'll get to 200, 220 before you come back down yeah. rather than like freak. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm a similar way. I don't think we talked about what I do that much, but like. We didn't mean to leave you out. I have my, I was just saving it for this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My high alert is 180. Mm-hmm. Some people that might seem high, some people that might seem low. That's kind of, I pick that because that's the general ADA, endocrinologist, JDRF, everyone like. You're that's, just my that's, type one. Yeah. That's not even Beta a cell. Uh, you don't even know the name of I don't even know the thing. name of <laughs> Your range of 80 to 180. You basically get 100 points. That's like, this is what you, where you want to be. This is Swim freely. Healthy. And this is where you can be and not have long-term problems. So it's like people who say you can't be over 140, just block them on Instagram because they're wrong. So um, I'll see when I'm starting to get up there to 180 and I'll do something before I get there. Or if I get there, then I do something. And having using the alerts as a way to alert you that something bad 
Maybe bad's the wrong word. Yeah, I was going to say we should switch up the vernacular. If you use your alerts and it's not like, okay, now I'm, quote, out of range, but you use it as maybe a warning sign. So rather than right, keeping your low. Right, instead of too high or too low. Yeah. It's so, like going high or going yeah, low. Yeah, because then you're already low. So if your low alert is 70, when you hit that, you're already low. If you make your low alert 80 or you can prevent 85, it. then you know. Disclaimer. This is a This list. only works if you have a CGM. True. So if you don't. You have to test. You have to test, and you're not going to know the same trends that are. No, but you can test. Um, frequently? Yeah, I didn't want to say frequently because I know it kind of sucks, but, you know, you can only control what you know. Ooh. That was good. That was good. Um you can't correct a high if you don't know your high. You can't correct a low unless you know your low. If you can feel all of those yourself, then that's great. Then you'll feel it, then you can test it, and then you'll know. Um, but it's, yeah, in my opinion, you do the little things because you're not going to get it right all the time. And if you set the expectation that I will always pre-bolus 30 minutes before I eat, and I will eat this amount of carbs and this amount of fat and this amount of protein, and then my blood sugar will start here and go there, it won't always be right. And then the times that it's wrong, you're just going to be frustrated. So look at things. This is what I do. Um, and it's seemed to work for me so far without a lot of headache. Mm-hmm. Um Look at the little things. So like if I wake up in the morning, I look at my Dexcom or I test my blood sugar and let's say I'm 90 and I know when I went to bed, I was 160. I said, huh, I've gone, I've lost a lot of points right there. Something has happened. And if it happens another night in a row, say, okay, am I doing something the You're same You're saying every this night? is without a CGM? You can do it without it a CGM. Matter. Yeah. I mean- this is just kind of tracking your pattern. I look at it on a CGM, but just looking at where you are between two points in time and seeing what happens. Mm-hmm. No different than if you basal test, which I tell people to do all the time. No one ever does. But doing it at night's a good way if you're on MDI to see if you have enough long-acting insulin. If you're dropping a lot overnight or raising a lot overnight, that's a pretty good indication that you should change something. So add a unit. Get rid of a unit. Sort of just constantly tweak those things until you seem to be pretty stable. And I think that that's a pretty, if you take it as lots of little small things and maybe each week you just think of one thing that's not working right, you can do that. But I don't even know if you need to do that. Right. And night times are the only times where I feel like I need to make adjustments in my day. If it's like, okay, I'm eating. So lately I eat, half a bagel for breakfast every morning. Uh, And I've figured out exactly how much insulin I need to not go crazy high eating a bagel, not go low. And I've also figured out things like, okay, if I eat a bagel and then go for a walk, I take less insulin so I don't go low during my walk. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And then I take a little more when I get back. I've been having a smoothie every morning after I work What's out. In the smoothie? A whole banana. Okay. Half an avocado. A scoop of vegan protein powder, which only has like okay. six grams of carbs. Unsweetened vanilla almond milk. And then I switch between peanut butter and almond butter and spinach. Super simple. So fucking good. But I feel like peanut butter, almond butter, and spinach. It's like no, tr- one of no, you can't taste the spinach. You put spinach in all the time? Yeah. Okay, so it's just the peanut butter and almond I butter. I just switch, switch between the almond. I was like, like, if you I do, switch no, between no. Peanut butter, almond butter, and spinach. Like one of these things is no. not like the other one. Maybe <laughs> no, a very different flavor. No, okay. I switch between almond butter and peanut butter, and the rest stays the same. And it's so simple and it's so good. And it, it tastes like a milkshake to me. It's the vanilla, it's the yeah. protein powder. Anyway, I was going. I, I, I did the carb counts and it, it just didn't seem right. So I was getting five units for okay. just the smoothie, just the smoothie. And then I would wait and like pre-bowl is like I normally do. Not normally. Like I know I'm supposed to do, yeah. but it's easy for me to do in the morning. So I would just get it when I get home. And then I would drink the smoothie and then um, like plummet by the time I was done with it. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So then the next day I tried to get even less insulin. Yeah. And... I was still dropping, I was still dropping. And then I figured out it was the way, it was the timing of the smoothie. So now I went back and I get the five units, but I do it as soon as I'm finished drinking the smoothie and then I'm perfect yeah. until lunch. I didn't know. And I don't think this is necessarily a thing that's like you have to eat the same thing every day. Oh, no. Definitely no. that makes things easier. And even then, sometimes it doesn't even because it just drives you mad because yeah. it's nothing is the same even though your food is. But I think a good thing that's worked for me lately, and this hasn't always been the case, but I try, it, even if I'm not eating the same food, mm-hmm. at certain times of day, I'll try to have the same amount of carbs and protein mm-hmm. and vegetables. It's kind of like when we were first diagnosed and we had to eat. A meal plan. A certain amount of carbs at a certain time of day. And we had to do that because we were on insulin. I was on Lente. Were you Mm -hmm. on NPH? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This one. Yeah. I had to roll it in my hand. I had to roll my vial in my hands. It was cloudy. Cloudy. (laughs) And it would peak kind of like for people who don't, who are too young of diabetics (laughs) to understand this. You would, um, it would peak six hours in, you would have to eat a meal. And at three hours and nine hours after you take it, you'd have to have snacks. And you basically have to just keep doing it. So it was the one shot in the morning, right? I I wouldn't have to get insulin throughout the day. I might have taken one at night, but it was like, yeah, maybe it was twice a day. But I got that one in the morning and then I had, then you had to eat. Yeah. And I wouldn't be hungry and I was. It's Five basically a six-hour pre-bolus. Yeah, you'd right? eat. Yeah, and for three different meals, not just Which one. Which was great when I was in middle school because I had lunch at the same time every day. Right. So it's and, easy, and when I didn't have to take school. shots at school. Um, yeah. I think I might have if I was high, but I don't even really I'm remember. Sure. It was so long ago. Decades. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before Instagram, at least. So there's no record of it. Um, if it happened before Instagram. It Did it even happen? happen? No, there's no room. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, so you'd have to like know how much to eat. So I would know in the so I would know in the mornings like okay for lunch, I'm gonna have half a sandwich. I'm gonna have like a piece of fruit, maybe a granola bar, whatever a it was. Cup of yogurt. And if I wanted something different the next day, I just had to know I was eating that amount of carbs. That's when your plan was strict. Like 
I, it was the same thing. Like if you were still hungry, it's like, sorry, you already ate your 30 carb max. I think I was at 30 grams per meal maybe. But, and then my mom was super great. And we'd have snacks that I knew, like, what would you call them? Oh, did you ever call 15 grams one carb? That's when they used to call them like exchanges. Yeah, when I was diagnosed. So I'd be like, I need something that's a carb. And that was 15 grams. So I knew what were, what was a carb. And I knew what was two. So like I could exchange, like, swap out exchange things i could swap out things and like at least do that but um yeah that was like a fucked up time because you really had no yeah um but even freedom now like i'll know okay if i'm gonna have a quesadilla for lunch or if i'm gonna have a sandwich for lunch like that's pretty much the same amount of carbs or if i have a piece of or if i have a peach or an apple or an orange like those are all kind of exchangeable interchangeable yeah um and that seems to make my life easy 90% of the time. I the make his life hard the other 10%. Yeah. <laughs> the other times it's when I do something different. I want to go out to brunch. I want to go out to dinner with my friends. I want to get, I want to go to Disneyland and just have ice cream in the middle of the day. Um, but, you know, I don't keep a journal with things that I've done. I could. There are apps there are pieces of paper that I could use and write down. I could have a page of every time I eat ice cream, what happens. But I think it's more of just, if you make the mental note, okay, last time I got this, uh, I ate this ice cream and I ended up high, you know, next time. Okay. What do I do different? I think also the less, this is going to, uh-oh. No, I'm just really thinking because I'm worried. You know, you've seen me when I go through these phases of like there is something wrong or there is something that is like happening daily to me that I don't like, so I'm trying to mm-hmm. fix it. Like when I become obsessed with my numbers and my diabetes in general, everything escalates for me. And that's when the highs are really bad and that's when the lows are really extreme and that's when I'm over treating and over and like that's when my stress levels are the highest when I literally just like and I feel like that's how I have been like I don't know I don't think you've heard me complain in a bit like about my numbers like things have been Mm. really easy like have been really smooth for me we're complaining before we started recording that's because I was double down I'm still double down oh I'm one down now that's well. That's one. Okay, there is one thing that is bothering me that I do, <laughs> but I was saying, which is, which is what, what, it's just confusing because I'll be, I'll like say I eat a meal and then I get insulin, and then I go up to like three hundred, like an hour later or something, where I'm like, okay, I clearly need more insulin, so then I correct and then I'm just and then I plummet from that. You go low. Yeah, like I I drop all the way down. So I'm, maybe just I just need half a correction because I already have insulin on board and that's yeah. something I forget because I'm on shots and I never am aware of how much insulin I have on board. Do you for those meals that you go to? I don't know. Or? That's I, I don't remember. I'm just saying it's like when I, when I get insulin for what I think, like when I get what I think is enough insulin and then I'll go super high, but then I correct and then I drop and I'm like, well, what the fuck was I supposed to do? Not correct. Yeah. But maybe I'm not waiting long enough and maybe I should be getting half a correction and not a whole. And another thing that happened last, sorry, I'm talking so fast. You need to, I had coffee. I think I need to do a better job of knowing when did I last take insulin and how much did I take? And if it's, oh, it was an hour ago. 
But even if I knew it was 45 minutes ago and I had eight units on board and I went up to 300, I don't know if I'd be like, let me just ride this one out. Yeah. Cause you know how much I hate. But there's other things you could do besides like get in more insulin. You could go for a 10 minute walk. Do squats. You could do squats. You could do burpees. Um, wait, there's one more thing. There's one more thing. You could run a five. Last feet. night I was 85 coasting Ooh. and I ate like chicken and carrots, and even yeah. like the side of pasta that my husband brought home from work. Okay. And I got like minimal instant. I got like three units maybe. It was a lot of food. I dropped so much after that. And in my head, I'm like, oh, well, you shouldn't have got insulin at 85. And it's like, well, yeah, you were. You ate all this food. Yeah. And then I dropped so low. So then I ate a fruit strip and have half of an entire bag of Skittles. Ooh. And I was like, I am going to shoot up. Guess what? I woke up at 75 and I stayed. I was in the 70s all night. Interesting. I was fine. Like I had a fine. My day was fine. What was your morning workout? Yesterday. Yeah. I didn't do the workout yesterday. I had a dentist appointment. Interesting. I missed cardio. Today it was really hard. And I'm curious as to what that's, that's going to do tonight. You think my morning workouts are affecting my nighttime blood sugars? 100%. <laughs> this is another episode. We should. <laughs> No, yeah. seriously. Because exercise can affect your body up to 24 hours well, then after. I'm, well, I didn't exercise at all. I mean, not at all. I didn't go to the gym yesterday. Yeah. I'm in a level. It could be anything. I know, but anyway. We'll discuss like, that wait, in can another we, episode. Uh, Craig, rewind till 20 minutes ago. Okay. When I... I'm not thinking about it and just doing, I really do think I'm not trying to take like James's little system, but the way he does things, I think I had kind of naturally adopted that way of doing things myself. Like before we even did that episode Yeah. of just like, who the fuck cares? I'm high, get a correction. I'm low treat. I've been really good about micro treating my lows. Mm. Like I've been doing half fruit used to strips. Be really bad. It'd be like yeah. I'm low eight fruit strips. Yeah, and, and that like, oh, and that I'm low would be one twenty diagonal down, and yeah. I'd be like call nine one one. Yeah, um, but I've been really would, good at like you would overtreat your lows when you're not low. <laughs> mm-hmm. What is that called? Delusional lows. Because <laughs> in my head, guys, I could like predict the future, and I'd be like, "This is gonna be a bad one." And then as soon as I would eat, I would like level and start going back up. I have been working on in my life, not making mountains out of molehills. And I think when I do that with my diabetes, it has a really good effect. And this whole episode, I've been thinking about how management of diabetes is like really just an analogy of how you should manage your own life. <laughs> oh, are we going to go there? We can save it. Okay. But we should go there at some point. Like yeah, soon. I, I think that, um, there's don't a lot sweat of the small stuff. Yeah. I mean, you don't, I mean, going, going back to the start, like A1C is A1C. You what get the little the piece start? of paper, you, you look at it and you say, use it as a, as a place to start. It's like, okay, it's a little higher than I want. Maybe it's a little lower than you want. And you say, okay, what am I doing that's causing this? You know, is there a pattern that you can think of? Or hold on. Maybe not. What am I doing that's causing this? Or what is or causing, what is causing this? Yeah. Because those are the phrases that beat us up internally. Yeah. Sometimes you can do things. That sure. And sometimes you can do things to change what's causing it. Yeah. But it's not like, what am I? I and I know you didn't mean it like that. I'm just saying for the listeners. But no, like, that's good. Like, so, if you also change your language, the way you're talking about things. Not you, them, everyone, yeah. me. Yeah. 
I mean, there's little things like there's things that I have adapted over time. Um, I mean, we talk a lot about how I love carbs. I, I eat a lot of carbs, carbs, but I'm try to be more carb conscious, conscious of when I'm eating carbs. Yeah. I eat that's a, a lot that's of carbs. Enough. We didn't talk about that enough. Yeah. actually. So like I will eat a little bit of carbs for breakfast which for me is like 40 grams of carbs. No, maybe it's like 30, something like that. That's a little bit. 20 to 30. There's a little bit, Half of, a bagel. bit of carbs. And then I'll have a little snack a little later. And then for lunch, I'll have a lot of carbs and I'll have an afternoon snack. And then for dinner, which I usually eat pretty early. Like, How early? Like six at the latest. The nights that I don't do that are the nights that we record. Mm-hmm. I will have... Oh, I'll still probably have like 30 grams of carbs, but I eat my dinners early because I know then I'll go to sleep and I won't have any insulin uh, yeah, or any that's carbs another on board. Problem of mine. Because when you eat a big, when you eat half a pizza and then you go to sleep, you have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. And then you wake up in chaos. My thought for some reason, when I, when I work, when I nanny, um, not really called a double, but say I'm there for lunch and dinner and I bring two options. One is always much more carb heavy. Like one's a salad normally. Then there's like meat and veggies and sweet potatoes and rice. For some reason, I always think I should eat the carb heavy one for dinner and eat like the lighter one at lunch. Every time that's well, my It's a natch. very American thing to have okay. a big Well, I dinner, guess it's because right? I'm American. You think of, <laughs> it's because you're American, right? You think of like the classic American family dinner and it's like, Meat oh, we all potatoes. come around the table. It's a turkey and it's mashed potatoes and, and there's stuff every, every night. night. <laughs> and I mean, that's what dinner was like for me growing up. Like when I was a yeah, kid, it was like lunch your meat. was what? Half a sandwich and a granola bar. Right. Maybe some like fruit by the foot. If Bag you're lucky. chips. Not even that. Okay. Um, but dinner is was the big meal. Right. And I think that there's a lot of food science out there now that you says not be doing that. lunch have a bigger meal for lunch. That's actually the so of the day, smart because then I'm always food. starving. Yeah. And then you overeat at dinner and then you go to bed with all this and food. And I do meal. really eat, have been eating dinner really late, but it's because Garrett gets home late. And Ugh, that's another episode. The worst. Um, but if you are eating dinner late, maybe you eat a low carb right, dinner. Right, exactly. And you have more snacks with carbs earlier if you mm-hmm. need those. If you need to hit your macros. I stopped doing that, but. Oh. That's another episode. Can we make t-shirts to say that's another episode? Yeah. I actually really like that. So, so those, that's a little thing that I've slowly adjusted over time because I found that when I made, when I did those things, I had positive results and I kind of just chased those positive things. And then the negative things, I was kind of like, okay, if I eat a whole bagel for breakfast, even if I take enough insulin, I spike really hard. Just wasn't working in your favor. But I found that if I work out in the morning and then I eat a whole bagel, I'm fine. And so it's the little things like that that I've just kind of taught myself over time. The little things. That's the name of the episode. Okay. Write, write that, that down? shit down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So I don't really think you need to sit down every week when your Dexcom Clarity app says, hey, You've been, you're out of range 2% more this week. 
because I I remember when this first came out and it, I don't know if it turned on automatically or if I did it, but I would get those and it'd be every Sunday morning, I think. Mm-hmm. Could have been Saturday mornings. And I know this because I would, that's when I would go for my runs, you know, one of my weekend runs. And it would be- One of your many. One of the many runs. runs. <laughs> and it would always be like, you know, a, while I'm running, I would just get a thing on my watch and I'd look down and be like, oh, you were um, out of range 2% more this week. And that would just And then you just run into the middle of oncoming traffic. Right in front of a truck. <laughs> and it would just hit me. And then I had no more problems. No, it was it was so frustrating to get these little things that really mean nothing because one bad day, one bad right. afternoon could kind of ruin that. And you've gone up two percent in the last week. Two percent out of a hundred percent? It's a little percent. That's a little percent. <laughs> <laughs> And then you're like, how do I get back down 2%? Well, and I would feel, so first I would feel you bad. you feel 2% more frustrated. I, feel like <laughs> I am 2% worse of a diabetic. And then I would think, I'm how do I be 2% better? But in the end, it's like, the, the, I would look and I, wouldn't say, I would say, I would want to punish myself. I would say, okay, we're not going to have any more snacks this week. No dessert. We're not going to have no dessert. We're going to have no cookies. We're going to have no chocolate. No We're laughing, no, joy, no smiles. No Netflix. No new friends. So you you get angry when you get the message and then you punish yourself for the week. And it really doesn't do anything because like what can you do to fix 2% that is kind of just like a rounding error. So like you were saying earlier, Laura, when you look at your day as just instead of these big moments break it up into smaller little changes, little things right. you know how- that are going on and on because yes. that's never ending. Think of, think of how a clock works. Okay. Laura. Then I have an analogy after this. Okay. Well, this is my You're, analogy. Okay. Go ahead, please. Look at a clock. Okay. A clock doesn't just tell you every hour when it's a new hour. Uh-huh. It's telling you every second, every minute, and it's slowly moving through the day. And that's how you should look at your diabetes and your blood sugar. Like a clock. Your day is, your blood sugars are slowly moving through time. And as it's moving, you're making little changes as it winds. or a little insulin here, a yeah. little stuff there. And if things will happen, and what matters more is how you react to those things. And everyone is prepared. Everyone has what it takes. What does it mean to be prepared? Get a correction before you're too high or treat a low before you're too low. That's that's what we're saying. You don't need any more knowledge or- The only three things you need is a way to check your blood sugar. Love. (laughs) Four things. Love, (laughs) sugar, and insulin. Mm -hmm. You have the tools it takes. You don't need- some crazy new gizmo, some Journal. to hire someone to watch you 24-7 and tell you what to do. But hey, if that works for you, it works for you. But just know that you have the tools. <gasps> What's happening? I have just been double down from 290. Double down, double down, double down, double down. I was like, I'm going to level, I'm going to level. And then it just leveled at 100. Hey, Craig, guess what? What? It's the little things.
Out of Range is a production of Beta Cell and is produced by me and Laura. Craig does all of our recording and editing. Subscribe to Beta Cell wherever you listen to podcasts to get Out of Range downloaded automatically on your phone every week. Love what we do? Support us on Patreon and we'll send you some swag. Visit patreon.com slash betacell for more info. And that's where you can also get a ton of extra out of range content. With Mr. James Mansfield. Oh yeah. You guys are missing out on some really good stuff. Seriously, the last week was one of the best episodes we've ever done. If and you... I'm not just saying that. To get people to subscribe. I'm not just saying that. Of no, course not. not. If you like this, like, you will like After Dark. It's if you like this, this you'll love After Dark. Yeah. you. I know at the end of every week, you're like, ugh. I wish there was a little more. I have to wait two more weeks. I have to wait a whole fortnight for another episode. You, you could don't. get one in one week on our Patreon. What's that address again, Laura? Patreon.com forward slash beta cell. I'm Craig. I'm Laura. And this is Out, Out of, of Range. Range. But I never knew about the little things. Every